Okay, hi, welcome to our sixth class, Tour de Tanya, Depression, Anxiety and Joy. But we're going to be concentrating on the joy bit, not the depression and anxiety. Um, we've got just a quick, let's do a, a three minute review of the first 25 chapters of Tanya. <laughs> okay, a Jew is comprised of two souls, the animal soul, which is mortal and is driven by its pursuit of pleasure slash fear of death. Uh, the, the godly soul, the nefesh of the kis, which is not of creation, it's of creator, and therefore death is not applicable to it, and therefore it is driven by a selfless desire to serve its creator and to merge with its creator, really. And the ultimate merging is through service. Um, and to remember that the soul is comprised of intellect and emotions, either soul. Um, we've got the soul has garments, either soul has garments, which are its primary ways of expressing itself, which is thought, speech and action. Another word for garments is behavior and um, and learning with the godly soul Torah and with the animal soul everything else is like so to speak the bread the food the sustenance of the soul and it nourishes from within so um thought speech and action cover it from out without garments and um into or other learning other things become a kind of um life force from within um the nefesh bahamis is a reflection of the nefesh lukis, uh, but we said that the nefesh lukis is primarily um, intellect guiding emotions, and the nefesh bahamis is primarily emotions guiding intellect. You could call the intellect in the service of emotions, and the nefesh lukis is emotions in the service of intellect. Uh, we've got the concept of klipus noiga, which is the um, the luminous clipper. The clipper is the casing, like the husk, the shell that basically allows this world to exist as it is, which holds the godly spark. We've got two kinds. We've got the one that is um, luminous, which is um, glowing, whatever it allows the light through. That's the realm of the permissible. Those things can be elevated. Then we have the dark clipper, which is so dense that um you cannot you cannot access the godliness in that in any way and that's what creates the realm of the forbidden for example uh, meat and milk yeah let me just keep running with the uh with because it's just a uh, a um a review we've got we've got two basic types of jew the tzaddik and the russia and then we have a hybrid called the Benoinu, this safer, this book is written towards. The, the tzaddik on one leg is a, uh, is a being whose emotions are aligned with, with godliness. Um, obviously, his behavior, if his emotions are godly, then his behavior will be godly because behavior stems from emotion. Um, the Russia, on the other hand, his emotions aren't aligned with God and therefore his behavior isn't perfect. Whereas the Benoini, his, his emotions are not aligned with God. However, his behavior is aligned with God. So he has a perfect external experience and an imperfect internal experience. Um, we define divine service as including some kind of struggle. And um, we've said that by meditating on the greatness of Hashem, which basically means anything that speaks to you, because God is not big or small. So when we talk about the, 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 grand, the grandeur of Hashem, it's obviously according to our relationship to him. So whatever you know of Hashem, think about it, meditate on it, and that will, um, to varying degrees, influence your emotions. And then we basically said that that's the overall goal of Yiddishkeit, is influencing your emotions by meditating the right stuff but remember that you would give up your life just like countless Jews before you for your God for the oneness of God not necessarily for your religion for your God um, even if 
even if you weren't practicing, even, even non-practicing Jews, even secular Jews have countless times in the past, this is a phenomenon by Jews because secular other religions would not give up their life apparently, whereas um, the altar Rebbe tells us that Jews do. And basically the Rebbe turns around and says, if you're prepared to give up your life, then don't delude yourself by thinking that if you're doing anything wrong, that isn't disconnected. If, so if you're prepared to give up your life to stay connected, don't delude yourself by thinking that doing a minor transgression is not going to disconnect you and therefore give your entire self to God. Okay. So we're going to cover today, Bezrat Hashem, chapters 26, not to 43, that was a lie, to chapter 34. Sorry. Okay. And we're going to be talking, we've basically now covered the, we've, we've worked out what we're here to do. We're here to serve God. The, the overall long way, so to speak, is by meditating on the right subjects that will um, eventually influence your emotions and that will help you serve Hashem properly. We spoke about the short way, which is just remember that you'd give up your life for God. So invest yourself into living what you feel, what you deem is worth more than your life. Live for it. Um, so we're basically finished. A lot of people say that the book could potentially end here. The Rebbe now goes on to explain what gets in the way of this service. What are the, what are the, the biggest downfalls? And the first downfall is depression. Okay. Now, in Hebrew, we've got the, the word for depression is atzvus, but we also have a, another word called daigas, which in English we would translate that as anxiety. We're all very, very familiar with depression and anxiety. Really, depression and anxiety are actually the same phenomena. But projecting, it's the projection of self. I'm not going to, I could speak about this for a long, long time, but it's the projection of self into the past or the projection of self into the future in a negative, in a negative way. So if you're projecting yourself into the past in a negative way, that's going to lead to depression. If you're projecting yourself into the future in a negative way, that's going to lead to anxiety. So we're basically talking about self-absorption either way, whether it's going forward or backward. But we're going to just talk about depression. We're not going to talk too much about anxiety. So the Rebbe explains that the opposite of depression is joy. So what is Simcha? Simcha could be simply explained or simply translated as life. A life force. The heart is alive. Your heart is open and alive. And there's energy flowing through your heart um, from the right side, whatever. But basically, the heart is open and you're alive and the emotions are flowing. OK, that is what we call Simcha. Depression is the opposite. Depression, what we call tintum alev or atzvus, is when the lave, when the heart becomes clogged up and, um, and, and dead. It basically becomes dead. So depression isn't actually an emotion, it's really a lack thereof or an inability to experience emotion for whatever reason, whether it's laziness or fear or whatever. But depression could be described as a lack of emotion and simcha could be could be described as a flowing of emotion uh, the rebbe explains that without simcha there is no service of god it is the foundation of our entire service of god an open flowing heart is the foundation of everything and he gives the example of uh, in the martial arts if two people are fighting each other yeah yakov yeah, I remember that you taught me from Manus Friedman many, many years ago, um, his commentary in, off the first chapter uh, of 
what's the opposite of simcha? And you brought down from Romanus that it's it's um, avelus, not depression. Well, it's actually, it's both. It depends which way you're going. Avelus, the opposite of simcha is avelus when you're talking about what, that those are both energies in the heart. Simcha is coming from the right side, avelus is coming from the left side, so they're opposites. But also, if the heart, you're talking about just the fact that it's alive, then the opposite of simcha would be atzvus, depression. But also on that sense, the opposite of avelus would also be atzvus, would be depression. So I just tried to make it a little easier. Did you get that? Yeah, very nice. Okay. So, so um, the Rebbe explains that if two people are fighting each other, there's some kind of a wrestling contest. And you've got one guy who's bigger and stronger, um, but he's depressed. He will lose without any question to the smaller guy who is with, with Simcha, who's alive and who's flowing and whatever. The, Simcha gives you the ability to overcome uh, your Yetzirah. It gives you the ability to actually serve God. Without Simcha, there is no service of Hashem. It's actually the first thing that he mentions in the entire Sefer. If you look in the very, very beginning of Perak Aleph of the first chapter, he, he says that very clearly. Okay, so Timtum Alev, depression, which we'll also call Atzvus, which we'll also call Timtum Alev, just by the way, parenthetically, um, it's good to understand that in Hebrew, there are such things as synonyms. We've, I always learned that, you know, if there's two words for the same thing, then they're different things. It's not true. You can have synonyms, two words for the same, two different words for the same thing, but they're describing different facets of the same thing. So, so these are synonyms, basically, um, but, but they are describing different facets. So there's what's called atzvus, which is timtum and atzvus, we translate as depression. Timtum alev, we translate as the blockage, the blockage, the blocking, the heart is blocked. What do you call it? The Wait, what is, atzvus doesn't mean sadness? Atzvus is depression, sadness, yeah. What Sadness and depression are two different things. Mm, well, We'll Based on what you're saying, sadness is an emotion. Depression is lack of emotion. Mm, so we'll call it atzvus, because when I say sadness and depression, I think about the same thing. So that's just the, I don't know, you have to look at the, 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 the English dictionary for that one. So we'll, we'll call it atzvus. If, sad, we'll we'll, if sadness and depression are, are different in your mind, which they, I hear that, I hear that. I just never thought about that. But I, I, I use them interchangeably. So we'll call it atzvus. So there's atzvus. And Tim Tumalei. Those are describing the same phenomena, but they're, they're describing different facets of the same phenomena. The two biggest problems that come from this lack of emotion is the inability to pray and the inability to be makadish yourself, to sanctify yourself in what's permissible, meaning indulgence in the permissible. A person who's down will not be able to pray and will not be able to hold himself back from indulging in what is permissible. It doesn't necessarily mean that he'll fall into doing what's forbidden, but it probably will eventually. Um, so what causes depression? Um, and the, the Rebbe basically gives three, three options and it covers everything. It's genius. It's absolute genius. If I, I shouldn't even say that, but, uh, but it's, it's amazing. Um, number one is what's happening to me. Okay, the world isn't isn't bending to my desires and things aren't going the way I want it to go. That's called what's happening to me. We define in Hebrew, we call that bonai um, uh, means my children, my health and my sustenance, my, my livelihood. Yeah, it means it's not going the way I want. Okay, it's happening to me. Then there's what I've done. That's not happening to me. What I did, my avarice, my sins, my transgressions, I'm down about what I've done. And then there's who I am. That could be described as when I have bad thoughts or I'm kind of disgusted by the kinds of things that pop into my mind. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I, that, you know, I was just sitting there davening and all of a sudden I got this like, this this image in my mind from 30 years ago I wish wasn't there and I get down about who I am so we've got what's happening to me what I've done and who I am it's amazingly simple 
And the Rebbe gives three, three pieces of advice for each one of these. And I'm going to just say, so again, these, all of these things are shirim in themselves, all of them. Um, first thing, what's happening to me? Okay, the Rebbe says, get over it. It's all for the good. No matter what it looks like, is it's all for the good. Now, you need to remember that the good is coming close to Hashem. And that one of the, one of the most important ways of coming close to Hashem is the, um, is, the, um, is the breaking of the ego. Okay, so whatever's happening, when, no matter how bad it feels, and we're not talking about silly things, we're talking about problems with children, problems with health, problems with livelihood, relationships, real issues, they are there. It's not, it's not that Hashem's letting them, letting, them happening, letting them happen to you. Hashem is doing it to you. And it's to bring you close to him. And that's what the Rebbe says. If you meditate on this and understand this clearly, that will be a helpful way of getting out of these negative thought patterns. Okay. Now, what I have done, if you're down for your for for depressed, for if you're depressed because of the sins that you've committed or past things that you've done that weren't correct, uh, then the Rebbe says, if these thoughts just pop into your head, it, any uh, angry then they're coming from the Sahara with the objective of one, the, these thoughts have one objective. The Yetzirah has one objective with popping these thoughts into your head, which is to pull you deeper into, into selfishness and to transgression. And um, he says that you need to set aside times if you want to feel down about your about your misdeeds, which there is, there is what to say about that. He says it needs to be done in a, um, in a controlled environment where you sit down with the, with the purpose of delving into these ideas. But he mentions something, it's so, he just says it in a couple of words, but it's so important to think about. He explains that if, they pop, if these thoughts, these negative thoughts about what you've done pop into your mind, they are... Um, they are um, um, they are there to pull you into tithers, into indulgence. Um, but the way you know that they're not real is because if you feel bad about your sins, it shouldn't be because your it shouldn't be because of your sins. The Rebbe says that you should meditate upon whom you sinned against, and that will bring a true feeling of we're not going to call it depression but it will bring you give it bring you into a true feeling of down which can actually be helpful okay so this is the point when a person goes against his wife does something negative to his wife there's two options if he's gonna if he's gonna make up he'll turn around to himself and say i can't believe i did that that was beyond my dignity that was that was lower than me i'm i'm much better than that I can do better than that. And he turns out and says, sorry to his wife. Yeah. He's not, that is not a, uh, that is not called tshuva. That is not a reconnection with his wife. That's a reconnection with himself. Not that he shouldn't do that, but that is a reconnection with himself. The truth is that he should have sat there and meditated on how precious his wife is and how precious the relationship is and his, his, um, his down or his, let's call it his down right now, that should come from the fact that his wife has been hurt or the relationship has been damaged. Not that he, not that he didn't perform at his optimal performance. Um, and then the Rebbe says, if you're feeling down about who you are, meaning that you, you don't feel good because of, the uh, because of the thoughts that are popping into your mind, you haven't done anything wrong, but you're just... Smith, not smith, blighted. What's the word? Blight, blight. You're blight, not blighted. Blighted with bad thoughts. It's not the right word, is it? Whatever. You're having bad thoughts, yeah, and you feel down because you just feel like you're so. You look at who you are. The Rebbe says, "Don't be such a balgiver." Yeah, you're you're Benoni. You are connected to Klipa. Um, it's not your fault. You didn't do that. And it's the purpose while you're here. And if these bad thoughts come into your mind, push them away with two hands and you are doing tremendous good in the world. And that is a genuine service of Hashem. So cheer up and get over it.
that's basically uh, that's basically what the Rebbe says there. Then he goes in just as a side point. He explains about the idea of having negative thoughts during tefillah, and that's another another source of depression, especially for a from Jew. Uh, negative thoughts or random thoughts, whatever. And the Rebbe says to that, he says you should know that if you only had one soul, yeah, and you were thinking bad thoughts, then that would be a that would be a proof that you are you aren't davening correctly. But you should know that when there's a fight. And the guy on top is giving it all he's got. Then the guy on the bottom will do everything he can to flip him over. That's how it works. And if a person's davening correctly, it's a sign. So if a person's having bad thoughts in his davening, it's a sign that he's actually davening correctly because the nefesh elokis is is giving its all, and the nefesh abayimus is like, no way, I'm I'm not having that, and comes back with all of its energy. So you should actually turn that that down into a simcha and realize that no, it's a proof that you're tucker doing well. Proof that you're tucker doing well. Okay. Then he, I'm not, this isn't really in order, but the, uh, he speaks about the idea of being shuffle bifne ho adam. It's not now, no, 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 sorry. It's not that. Not that. I have to do it now. What? Fix my bike, like 60 shekels. 60 shekels? Yeah, tools. He just got me. That was that was a show working. He just I shouldn't have given that money. Anyway, um, um, that's terrible. Anyway, so he explains another when whilst talking about Gaiva about arrogance, he he jumps on and explains the idea of feeling lowly in front of every person, and this is just so counter. It's so contrary to all of modern day psychology and everything that you hear about everywhere that the Rebbe tells you that you should actually exert yourself to feel less than everyone else. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine a uh, imagine a, uh, a shrink who was telling their client to 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 actually feel lower than everybody they come in contact with. Um, it just shows you where the Rebbe was coming from and the kind of the, the kind of solid place that people were coming from back in those days. They didn't have the same kind of insecurities that we do have these days, so people could do that. There wasn't such comparison going on back in those days. Um, but the way he says that is just remember that it's not about your behaviour, it's about the energy that you exert. And it could be that these people that you're hanging out with or that you meet are not particularly you know, righteous, um, but it could be that they're actually exerting themselves much more in their voider than you are. And you can, you can assume that that's the case. And you should, you should look up to people, you should look, to, you look up to everyone. I mean, one of the first thing, one of the things I just on a practical level, when you bump into someone in the street, um, your first thought is about yourself, generally, that's how it goes. But if we can move our, if we can move our perspective, not so much to think about how lowly we are, but just how fantastic this person is. It's an amazing. Uh, I know there's people in the world that when they see me, um, they 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 have done that in their own mind thinking, and it makes you feel fantastic when they see you and there's a big smile comes across their face. So I found that to be very helpful that when you see other people, you don't have to necessarily think about how lowly you are, but just think about how fantastic that other person is. And it's really, it makes a big difference. Um, so now the Rebbe goes in, we're going to go into a whole thing here. And the Rebbe explains about how to reawaken the heart. He gave you basic advice. If you're feeling down about what's happening to you, then remember it's all for the good. If you're feeling down about what you've done, then that's the uh, that's the tachboilus, the eight sahara. I say tachboilus. It's the, the scheming of the eight sahara, and he's just trying to pull you deeper into selfishness. And if you're down about who you are, yeah, get over it. You're a benoni. This is who you are, and this is your avoider getting rid of these thoughts and that's very cool so cheer up but that isn't really the those are just advices to kind of what's the word soften it but the Rebbe give the ultimate advice this is the ultimate advice and he gives it in the concept of a self-induced shvira um, a shvira we could call a breaking 
from what I've learned from my rev is we can talk about it not as a self-induced breaking, but as an externally induced breaking. I'll explain as well to share. The Rebbe basically says, meditate on all the stuff you've done wrong, how far you are from God, um, even how, like the kind of things that happen to you in your dreams and just really be real with how far you are from genuine divine service. Think deeply into that and you will come to some kind of shvira, some kind of cracking or splintering of your of your heart the other option which is much more obvious to us much more practical is don't you don't need to do it yourself just your kids are going to do it for you your wife's going to do it for you your neighbors your clients people around you the tv if you watch the tv that'll do it for you yeah all the the world will break you down now generally when somebody gets insulted by someone else the immediate response is anger I mean, we could talk about this for a long time but basically what that's doing is repairing the breaking when somebody insults you they break you you get broken a little bit or a lot depending your anger is a reactive remedy to that breaking that anger re-solidifies your ego and you go back to where you were, maybe even deeper into self. If you can just be quiet and be there in that place of insult or in that place of hurt without having to respond or react or, or justify, etc., that will also do the same trick as what the Rebbe explains in chapter 29 the exact same thing, but maybe even on a more profound level. So that's that's the advice. Again, we could talk about that for a long time. Now, I'm Wait, just, just gonna, say it again. Say that, just say that last line, that you should do what? Take it? That you should, yeah, you should not react or justify, respond in any way. If you can do that to an injustice against yourself or, or an insult against yourself or something like that, someone cuts you up in, in when you're driving, yeah? The immediate response is, what the, you know, if you can just hold back and not react, then you just got a little bit closer to a share, man. You just broke your ego. You just broke your heart. You could call that the heart is the tim to, the, the ego is the tim to malave, is the, is the blockaging of the heart. So I'm going to just say this very quickly again. This is a whole share that I can give. The states of the heart. There's five states of the heart. I've written a whole essay on this if you're interested. The first level is Tim Tumalev, that we could call depression. The heart is blocked up, the heart is dead. Okay, nothing's doing. Shvirisalev now takes place like what we spoke about when you are insulted and you and you and you and you keep quiet or you go into it yourself and break yourself down. That breaks the definition of who you are. That breaks that shell around the heart, that conceited, um, egotistical smugness. Um, and now you're in a place called Shvira. Shvira Salev is an amazing, we could speak about this for a very long time and it would really be worth it, but uh, we don't have time right now. But Shvirsalev is that place. It's like what happens when you put a seed in the ground. You know, the, the outer, the, the outer, like brown encasing of the white, the white, the, like, white, the white holy part of the seed. So when they say that the seed disintegrates in the ground, you've heard that before, yeah? Um, the seed doesn't actually disintegrate at all. The, the brown shell around the seed disintegrates and then the white kind of sprouts forth, that brown seed disintegrating could be called shvirisalev, the breaking of the heart. And you're in a, you're in, a, it's a very vulnerable, a tremendously vulnerable position, but you're in a position to be able to go forward. Okay. Now, if you do that correctly, you will come to what's called maririsalev, which means bitterness of heart. That's basically defined as that feeling, you know what? This can't go on enough. Finished. Um, that's it. Maybe followed by the words, I quit. Yeah, but usually that doesn't help. But just that, that, that energy, that painful energy that says this cannot go on. Like when you've hit rock bottom and you're just like, that's it. I have to fix this. I can't do this again. I can't, I can't hit my kid ever again. That's just finished, done. 
That's called Maria's slave. It hurts, but it's alive. The heart's alive. That's called Maria's slave, bitterness of heart. And that, if you do it correctly, will lead to psicha slave. Psicha slave is called simcha, when the heart opens up and now you're ready to serve Hashem. And then the final level, there's not actually really a level in itself, but it's called tuvlevav, which is the complete selflessness of the heart. And it's interesting because we have Timtum Aleiv, Shreya Aleiv, Muria Aleiv, Psich Aleiv. So that's all ad- adje- adjectives about the heart. But then we have Lev Tuvav, where the heart becomes the adjective of the Toiv. That's a tremendously deep thing that I just mentioned there, but we can't get into that. But anyway, so that's the final state of the heart, which isn't, it isn't really a state. That's a, the state of, of complete ego dissolution that we don't usually experience. Um, just as a quick point, when you're in Shreya Salev, we said it goes Tim Tim Alev, Shreya Salev, Maria Salev, um, Psich Salev, that when you're in Shreya Salev, when a person's in that vulnerable state of having had his ego dismantled, um, he's got two options. Uh, he can either go up to Maria Salev, we could fall back down to Timta Malev. Okay, and that's got a lot to do with your your how how fearful you are. If you're scared about the shvira, the vulnerability of where you're holding, the chances are you'll fall back into into Timta Malev. Whereas if you are if you have courage and excitement about the the potential now of what could be, mean the opposite of fear, then you will move into Maria Salev. Okay. Again, like I said, we should we could talk about these subjects for hours and hours. Um, and then the Rebbe says tangentially, by the way, if you've disidentified with your Nefesh of Bahamas and you've now re-identified with your oh, and you've re-identified with your that is a Segula Nifla translation for Segula Nifla. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, that is a very helpful thing for to be Makaim the Mitzvah of Via Love every Jew as yourself. Because Kozman, all the time that you are bound up in your ego in which is we could call the nefesh of bahamas or we should say we could call the nefesh of bahamas the ego i don't like that word so much because it's a bit it's a little loose um but kozman we are caught up in the nefesh of bahamas uh in an egotistical reality we are fragmented we could use the word fragmented to describe that entire experience um of reality it's it's not only an internal, I mean, the cause of it is an internal fragmentation within the Nefesh of Bahamas. He, his whole uh, system works in a fragmented way. Um, and therefore he experiences the world in a fragmented, with a, fag- a fragmented uh, perception. And when we're looking at the world through the eyes of the ego, then every person in the world is either there as a way of helping you or a way of hindering you. There is no merging with another. Kozman, your 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 shakur in the ego, your your sunken in the ego, in the Nefesh of Bahamas, there's no such thing as a love that is not dependent on something. A love that's dependent on something means you're in it for the thing, not for the other. And if you're in it for a thing, a thing isn't really a reality in itself. So really you're in it for yourself. That's what it means, a love dependent on a thing. You can't love a thing. Love can only be to another or to yourself. So when we say a love dependent on a thing, that's really referring to self-love. So once we've disidentified from the Nefesh of Bahamas, and we've identified with the Nefesh Lakis, that internal structure is completely interdependent and unified, who views all Yidden as you and me are one. That means you can have a love that's not dependent on a thing, because now you're loving the others, the experience of the unity of the two of you, 
And that's why the gematria of Echad, or sort of Ava, is 13, which is the same gematria of Echad, which is also 13, that they are the concept of when we're one together, that's one concept of love. There's, there's two primary kinds of love. There's the love of the Echad, and then there's the love of two trying to come together. But that's um, and by the way, just as a, a side point, he says that there is a mitzvah to hate certain Jews. Um, but there's still a mitzvah to love them. So the Rebbe, in his, in his ultimate loving way, turns around and says, so look, it's going to be difficult. You have a mitzvah to hate him and to love him at the same time. So practically, what do you do? So he says, and this is an, an, a tremendous insight. Rahmanas. Mercy is like a rubbish word, but the word's Rahmanas. Have Rahmanas on the evil inside them, and it will generate love for them. And your overall experience will be one of love. And that's the same with having Rahmanas on anyone. Anyone we have Rahmanas on, we 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 experience their true being. These are these again. This is these are this is an hour class in itself. But as you have Rahmanas on someone, you experience and merge with them. So if you have Rahmanas on somebody who who is evil, like a Malik, for example, who you're not allowed to have any Rahmanas on, you will, and that's the reason why, because you will merge with whoever, whatever is, and that's not a good thing by any means. Whereas when you have Rahmanas on your child, Rahmanas on your wife, Rahmanas on your fellow Yid, then you actually experience them, who they are, and you can't help but love them. That's the, and, and then you merge with them even more. Okay, that's a side point. By the way, I just want to tell you that the, the Kanoyim, who, the, the, the whatever, the Kanoyim, the, the, how do you say Kanoyim? Not Zilots. Is there a better word? No. Yeah, like annoying people. Yeah, the, the Kanoyim, I only have one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kanoyim against the Kanoyim. The defenders of Hashem's name. So, uh, so Eliezer says, I'm not so sure about that. The defenders, maybe of their own name. That um, the the Kanoyim who who spout hatred for other Jews, they learn it from this chapter, from chapter Lamed Beis in the Tanya. The Rebbe left it open to allow them to derive their bent perspective on all the other Jews in the world from this chapter it's it's that is completely a class in itself i'm not going to get into it but you should know when people say yeah but you have a mitzvah you know we don't need to love every jew because you have a mitzvah to hate certain jews um they'll be then they will quote probably peric lamad bays and you should refer them back to peric one second um um I can't remember. I'll work, I'll find out again. Where he finishes off the pasuk that he brings, and it shows you that you can't really think what you're going to think. Oh no, it's in um, it's Dovid Amelach. Not Dovid I can't remember the chapter. Okay. Um, and now the other the other benefit of um, of uh, of Well, uh, let me just jump for a second. So we've said, um, we kind of move a little bit, we jump out because we kind of took a side tour to talk about Avis Yisrael. But now we go back to the of joy and the Rebbe gives us another piece of advice, which will help us feel kirvus Hashem, their yeah, closeness to Hashem. How do you feel close to Hashem? Is remember that he's really close to you, which means ponder or meditate on what it means Hashem, how you're in Hashem so the four basic meditations is how he fills all the worlds it's not like he's somewhere else um, that he, he his oneness was not affected in any way by creation meaning that where you are right now he is as he was originally before creation um, that the letters of speech are are nullified within their source so the world that's made out of letters of speech in truth um 
are, are merged with him in a complete unity as they would be in us before we speak them. Um, that's another way of understanding how close we are to him. And the final analogy that the Rebbe gives over there is the rays of sun emanating from the sun itself. So you can't say that the, the rays of sun are something separate from the sun. They are the emanation of the sun. They are the, they are the suns. For example, if I put a break between my hand, with, with my hand, between the from the sun the ray stops the ray does not exist without the sun Are you with me so the ray is actually completely bound up in the sun again in a wondrous unity again all of these things are just which i just quickly glossed through these ideas but if we can just meditate and there's other things as well to think about and a lot of the a lot of the non-jewish literature is coming out in this generation um, is is give, it gives amazing analogies for us, like the concept of the, the person dreaming, for example, and the character in the dream. There's there's tremendous analogies out there for us to grasp the fact that Hashem is not far from us, and that maybe accounts for the Rebbe's uh, intolerance of the idea of screaming out Abba Abba, which is by other there's other Hasidists that that hold that that's a a, a very uh, admiral thing to do and that's fine there's different cheetahs uh, but the rebbe i think that the, what the rebbe is really getting at my, in my opinion is that when you scream out when you scream out to hashem by definition you're you you feel far from him that's i think what that's what i think the understanding of that idea is that why would you scream to somebody when he's right next to you you would never scream at somebody if they're right next to you. So by screaming out, it could be a way of doing other things in yourself, which I'm, I'm sure it is. But, but when a person's already in quite a healthy place, that concept of screaming out to God will, by definition, create some kind of distance. Because why would you scream out to somebody when they're right next to you? Hmm? What so there's quite okay. So there, so when 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 you feel that people are coming to kill you, you probably feel like not far. You feel very far from Hashem. So, but if you're in, once you've come to a place where you feel close to Hashem, there is no need for the screaming. According to this sheet, again, there's other sheeters. We're not. We don't have a monopoly. The Tanya is not a monopoly on this guy. You know, this is just um, okay. And the Rebbe, we're going to go over a few minutes. I hope that's okay. There's no way. Of, not. Yeah, so um, then the Rebbe basically introduces us to this concept of the Dira Batach the dwelling place below. And um, the question is, what is a dwelling place? What does it mean, Dira Batach An apartment below? A dwelling place basically means not a dormitory, it means a barn. It means a place where you feel comfortable, a place where you're welcome. That's exactly what this 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 marshal of Adira Betachtoinim means. That Hashem feels comfortable. Where is Hashem? He's everywhere. But you have to let him into this world. How does Hashem come into this world? Through you. That's the only way Hashem can come into this world. He created such a system where he is dependent on us doing. He created such a system where he depends, I mean, he can override the system if he likes, but where he depends on us to nullify ourselves to him so that he can, so to speak, come through that door, that we can become an open, a, a, a aperture through which he can come into this world. So where is he? He's everywhere, but we need to let him in. He's right here. It's like he's right at the front door, but we need to open the door. That's called Dirbatachtonim. How do we do that? by fulfilling his will, by performing his tone mitzvahs, which is basically called bittel. Bittel could be described as being a makava, okay, a vehicle. The Avois and Moshe were called a makava, David, all, all the tzaddikim were called a makava, a chariot, which means they were completely nullified to Hashem. What happened at Har Sinai when Hashem revealed himself to us? Why was it that we disappeared or died or whatever because we didn't have the clea that could receive him 
the clay haven't been refined enough to be able to receive him. So the clay, the vessel, was nisbatel, was nullified. That's called bitul b'metzias. Bitul yesh means when the clay remains, but there's no sense of self. Bitul b'metzias is when the clay is actually nullified from the from the uh, reboy or from the from the whatever the reboy or. Um, and um, so basically, what happened then at Har Sinai when we all died because we couldn't receive we couldn't receive um, Hashem's presence, we got ordered to create the Mishkan. The Mishkan was going to then be Hashem's dear betachtoinen, that He created, so to speak, a, a structure of wood and of wood and and of, of wood and and, um, and and cloth and and skins, um, where He could actually dwell in, in a sense, and through there He would dwell in us. Now that the the Mishkan, basically, the same thing, kind of is destroyed. Where does Hashem dwell? In us, in our heart. What? In our heart. What does Hazal say? What does Hazal call that? Divrei Torah. Dalad Amos Shalalacha. Dalad Amos Shalalacha. Why Dalad Amos? That is you. You exist within Dalad Amos. Dalad Amos is a dera. If a, uh, if a dera isn't dalid al dalid, you don't put a mezuzah on it. It's not considered a dera. Dalid amos of halacha means that you're mevatel yourself to his rotson and you create the dera b'tachtoinim. You're in the base of Middash Mamash. Kolzman, you're doing a You're in the base of Middash Mamash. To the point where the Rebbe says that the halacha is, he paskins this as halacha, if you see somebody doing a mitzvah, you have to stand up for them. <laughs> that's his that's his psak halacha. I don't know if that's the actual halacha, but he, he gives that as halacha there. Wait, if when when should you when do you stand up for someone? If you see some, for example, you're sitting down, you see someone putting on there to fill in, you should stand up for them. But Rav Diamond, isn't Vrevrech David? That's why we stand up because the person's about to give stuff. What sorry, Tom? I didn't hear you. What say? In the tefillah, Vrevrech David. I thought the whole point people stand up at that part is because someone's about to give stuck for the same exact reason. Oh, no. very good. Okay. Uh, that's not why. That's not why. It's because it's the end of Sukhazimras, uh, officially. Because something ends when you stand up? <laughs> yeah, well, then why would you stand? That's a very, that's great. Yeah. Like, why would you, just then, why would you, I always thought that, why would you stand up just then? I, I told you, I think that's great. I'll look, I'll look into that. I think that's very good. It's great. They have an answer to you after this year. You made my day. What? What, Jack? What, what happened? I thought that the Balatanya breaks down in the Sefer uh, Torah or that the, the sequence of feel of going from Pesukah to Zimra to the Brach of Kriyashima, the first you see in the Tehillah and the Pitlach that they, they're describing the, the wonders of creation in our realm. And then you go, you, and then you see that the liturgy, but the Brachos is talking about the upper realms of the Malachim. So it could be that by the end of Pesukah to Zimra where you're tra- making the, the transition from the Yivarech David, that holds. That's like the lifting of the of the physicality and making like a metaphysical union to the, to the kedusha. So that is mitzvah Okay, I hear that. I hear that. Um, yeah, so so. Now the Rebbe says, so what about when you're not learning in the Dalad Amas of of Halacha? He sort of talks about sorry, uh, the Dalad Amas Halacha now. This is so important, Tommy. You'll appreciate this. Is um, is fixing times to learn? What's what's with about fixing times to learn? Why can't you just learn? Why does it have to be fixing times to learn? You know why? Because when you fix a time to learn, that becomes ikka, and you become toffle. That becomes the point. That's the whole point of it. It's not that you're just learning. It's that you fix times to learn because then you show Hashem that he's important more than I'm important. I'm going to bend myself around you, Hashem, as opposed to whenever I get a minute, I'll learn. You should be doing that as well. But Kavias eating the Torah is is incredibly important. Incredibly important. Um, And then he says, so what about when you're not learning? He says, um, 
when you're working, that's also good because when you give tzedakah, you're going to be raising up. He doesn't actually talk about, this isn't the big thing about tzedakah here, but he speaks about when you, when you give tzedakah, you lift up all your money um, by, by giving one part, whether it's a tenth or, 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 or a fifth um, of your tzedakah, you raise up all the other parts because it's a percentage. And also the food that you buy with the, with the tzedakah, uh, so with the money that you've earned and you, you serve Hashem with that energy, that also lifts up the money. But he'll, he'll talk at length in the, in, a few, in the next couple of prakim about the idea of actually lifting up your, your energy through the tzedakah. And he finishes off by saying that there's no contradiction between feeling lowly and feeling basimcha. If your lowliness is coming from your nefesh of Bahamas or from your egotistical, natural human state, yeah, that's actually very healthy. Your simcha should be coming from the fact that you also have a holy neshama, a piece of God that's in you. And that's why I'll finish just by quoting with Simcha Banim Peshischa, who said that you should have two pieces of paper in your pocket. You remember this? One of them says, Anoichi I am dust and ashes. And one of them says, Bishfili Nivra Oilam, the entire world was built for me. My question to you is, which pocket would he put each piece of paper in? I am dust and ashes would be in his left pocket and Hashem made the world for me would be in his right pocket. Why? Because the nefesh of Bahamas dwells in the left side of his heart and the nefesh of the keys dwells in the right side of his heart. And the nefesh of Bahamas has no value in and of itself. It's our project. It's our job. It's why we're here. It's not the, it's, it's what, it's what we're here to elevate in and of itself. It has no purpose. Its purpose is to be elevated. How do we elevate it? By the godly. So the godly soul is the point of why we're here. So from the side of my created mortal soul, yeah, I'm nothing. By the side of my godly Jewish soul, the whole world was created for me. And that is in my humble understanding, chapters 26 to 34 of the Holy. Doesn't that create Gabba? Having think to think about that everything's created for you. It's like, am I so big that uh, that it's for me? <laughs> everything's created for your godly soul, but your godly soul doesn't think like that. He's not like I'm the man. <laughs> your godly soul <laughs> is just desperate to merge to merge with his creator. <laughs>